0: Genesis chapter 26, there was another famine, there was another famine in the land, in addition to the one that had occurred in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines at Gerar, the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land that I will tell you about. Stay in this land as a foreigner, and I will be with you and bless you. For I will give all these lands to you and your offspring, and I will confirm the oath that I swore to your father, Abraham." I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky. I will give your offspring all these lands and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because Abraham listened to my voice and kept my mandate, my commands, my statutes, and my instructions. So Isaac settled in Gerar. When the men of the place asked about his wife, he said, she is my sister, for he was afraid to say my wife, thinking, the men of the place will kill me on account of Rebecca, for she is a beautiful woman. When Isaac had been there for some time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from the window and was surprised to see Isaac caressing his wife. Rebekah, Abimelech, sent for Isaac and said, So she is really your wife? How could you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, Because I thought I might die on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you've done to us? One of the people could easily have slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech warned all the people with these words, Whoever harms this man or his wife will certainly die. Isaac sowed seed in that land. And in that year, he reaped a hundred times what was sown. The Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and kept getting richer until he was very wealthy. He had flocks of sheep, herds of cattle, and many slaves. And the Philistines were envious of him. The Philistines stopped up all the wells that his father's slaves had dug in the days of his father Abraham, filling them with dirt. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Leave us, for you are much too powerful for us. So Isaac left there camped in the valley of Gerar, and lived there. Isaac reopened the water wells that had been dug in the days of his father, Abraham, and that the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. He gave them the same names his father had given them. Then Isaac's slaves dug in the valley and found a well of spring water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, The water is ours. So he named the well Quarrel, because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well and quarreled over that one also. So he named it hostility. He moved from there and dug another, and they did not quarrel over it. He named it open spaces and said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. From there, he went to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him that night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your offspring because of my servant Abraham. So he built an altar there, called on the name of Yahweh, the Lord, and pitched his tent there. Isaac's slaves also dug a well there. Now Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ah Ahazuth, his advisor, and Philphecol, the commander of his army. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me? You hated me and sent me away from you. They replied, We have clearly seen how the Lord has been with you. We think there should be an oath between two parties, between us and you. Let us make a covenant with you. You will not harm us, Just as we have not harmed you, but have only done what was good to you, sending you away in peace, you are now blessed by the Lord. So he prepared a banquet for them, and they ate and drank. They got up early in the morning and swore an oath to each other. Then Isaac sent them on their way, and they left him In peace, on that same day, Isaac's slaves came to tell him about the well they had dug, saying to him, We have found water. He called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba. To this day, when Esau was 40 years old, he took as his wives, Judith, daughter of Berehi, the Hittite, and Basamath, daughter of Elan, the Hittite. They made life better for Isaac and Rebekah. Matthew chapter 25. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish, and five were sensible. When the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take olive oil with them. But the sensible ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. Since the groom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout, Here's the groom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, Give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. The sensible ones answered, So there won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell and buy oil for yourselves. When they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived. Then those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the rest of the virgins came out and said, Master, Master, open up for us. But he replied, I assure you, I do not know you. Therefore, be alert. Because you don't know either the day or the hour. For it is just like a man going on a journey. He called his own slaves and turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately, the man who had received five talents put them to work and earned five more. In the same way, the man who had two earned two more, but the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid "'his master's money. "'After a long time, the master of those slaves "'came and settled accounts with them. "'The man who had received five talents approached, "'presented five more talents, and said, "'Master, you have given me five talents. "'Look, I've earned five more talents.' his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man who had two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents Look, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, "Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Share share your master's joy." Then the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a difficult man, (laughs) reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. Look, you have what is yours. But his master replied to him, You evil, lazy slave, if you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. And when I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing slave into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, And he will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I am hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me, then the righteous will answer him Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothes and close you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, I assure you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't take me in, I was naked and you didn't clothe me, sick and in prison and you didn't take care of me, then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick? or in prison and not help you then he will answer them i assure you whatever you did not do for one of the least of these you did not do for me either and and they will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. Esther Chapter Two, Esther Chapter Two. Some time later, when King Ah her us's rage had cooled down he remembered vashti what she had done and what was decided against her the king's personal attendant suggested let a search be made for beautiful young women for the king Let the king appoint commissioners in each province of his kingdom so that they may assemble all the beautiful young women to the harem at the fortress of Susa. Put them under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and give them the required beauty treatments then the young woman who pleases, then the young woman who pleases the king, will become queen instead of Vashti. This suggestion pleased the king, and he did accordingly. In the fortress of Susa, there was a Jewish man named Mordecai, son of Jair, son of Shimei son of Kish, a Benjamite. He had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the other captives when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took King Jeconiah of Judah into exile. Mordecai was the legal guardian of his cousin Hadassah because she didn't have a father or mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was extremely good-looking. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. When the king's command in the dict became public knowledge, many young women gathered at the fortress of Susa under Haggai's care. Esther was also taken to the palace and placed under the care of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. The young woman pleased him and gained his favor so that he accelerated the process of the beauty treatments and the special diet that she received. He assigned 7 handpicked female servants to her from the palace and transferred her and her servants to the harem's best quarters. Esther did not reveal her ethnic background or her birthplace because Mordecai had ordered her not to. Every day, Mordecai took a walk in front of the harem's court to learn how Esther was doing and to see what was happening to her. During the year, before each young woman's turn to go to King Ahasuerus, the harem Regulation required her to receive beauty treatments with oil of myrrh for six months and then with perfumes and cosmetics for another six months. When the young woman would go to the king, she was given whatever she requested to take with her from the harem to the palace. She would go in the evening. And in the morning, she would return to a second harem under the supervision of Gaz, the king's eunuch in charge of the concubines. She never went into the king again unless he desired her and summoned her by name. Esther was the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai who had adopted her as her own daughter. When her turn came to go to the king, she did not ask for anything except what Haggai, the king's trusted official in charge of the harem, suggested. Esther won approval in the sight of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Ahazurus in the royal palace in the tenth month, the tenth, the month to Beth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. She won more favor and approval from him than did any of the other young women. He placed the royal crown on her head and made her queen in place of Vashti. The king held a great banquet for all his officials and staff. It was Esther's banquet. He freed his provinces from tax payments and gave gifts worthy of the king's bounty. When the young women were assembled together a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Esther still had not revealed her birthplace or her ethnic background as Mordecai had directed. She obeyed Mordecai's orders as she always had while he raised her. During those days, while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthan and Teresh, two eunuchs who guarded the king's entrance, became infuriated and planned to assassinate King Ahazerus. When Mordecai learned of the plot, he reported it to Queen Esther, and she told the king on Mordecai's behalf, when the, port, when the report was investigated and verified, both men were hanged on the gallows. This event was recorded in the historical record in the king's presence. The book of Acts, chapter 25. Three days after Festus arrived in the province, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. Then the chief priests and the leaders of the Jews presented their case against Paul to him. And they appealed, asking him to do a favor against Paul, that he might summon him to Jerusalem. They were, were, they were preparing an ambush along the road to kill him. However, Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea and that he himself was about to go there shortly. Therefore, he said, let the men of authority among you go down with me and accuse him if there is any wrong in this man. When he had spent not more than eight or, eight or ten days among them, he went down to Caesarea. The next day, seated at the judge's bench, he commanded Paul to be brought in. When he arrived, The Jews had come down from Jerusalem, stood around him, and brought many serious charges that they were not able to prove, while Paul made the defense that, neither against the Jewish law, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I sinned at all. Then Festus Wanting to do a favor for the Jews, replied to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem there to be tried before me on these charges? But Paul said, I am standing at Caesar's tribunal where I ought to be tried. I have done no wrong to the Jews, as even you can see very well. If then I am doing wrong or have done anything deserving of death, I do not refuse to die. But if there is nothing to what these men accuse me of, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar after Festus conferred with his counsel, he replied, You have appealed to Caesar? To Caesar you will go. After some days had passed, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived in Caesarea and paid a courtesy call on Festus. Since they stayed there many days, Festus presented Paul's case to the king, saying, there's a man who has who was left as a prisoner by Felix. When I was in Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews presented their case and asked for a judgment against him. I answered them that it's not the Romans' custom to give any man up before the accused confronts the accusers face to face and has an opportunity to give a defense concerning the charges therefore when they assembled here i did not delay the next day i sat at the judge's bench and ordered the man to be brought in concerning him the accuser stood up and brought no charge on the sort i was expecting instead They had some disagreements with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus, a dead man. Paul claimed to be alive since I was at a loss in a dispute over such things. I asked him if he wished to go to Jerusalem and be tried there concerning these matters. But when Paul appealed to be held for trial by the emperor, I ordered him to be kept in custody until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow you will hear him, he replied. So the next day... Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the auditorium with commanders and prominent men of the city. When Festus gave the command, Paul was brought in. Then Festus said, King Agrippa and all men present with us, you see this man about whom the whole jewish community has appealed to me both in jerusalem and here shouting that he should not live any longer now i realized that he had done now i realized that he had not done anything deserving of death but when he himself appealed to the emperor I decided to send him. I have nothing definite to write to my Lord about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after this examination is over, I may have something to write, for it seems unreasonable to me to send a prisoner and not to indicate the charges against him.